spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass for more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape. For the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Label. Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one off podcast chatting to writers poets and artists. Over time it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on back to a more regular basis. To date I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast you can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can even do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo. Dot co dot uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken Label. Back in the house on a Sunday evening. And it's pissing down, so it's a good job to be actually on, to, on Zoom tonight doing a podcast still. Now, we're local today as well. We've got a young gentleman with me uh, who's, who's become a bit of a regular up speakeasy recently. And he's been incredible writer. The best one writer I've come across for ages. So, uh, it's a gentleman called Michael Burton. Now, I'm going to say nothing else. I'll let Michael introduce himself. And we'll start from there. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Andy. Great to see you again. Um, yeah, so I'm Michael Burton. Um, and uh, I live in Manchester now. I've been uh, performing around Manchester as well as uh, trying to get things published in different places. Um, and I, I recently came back to Manchester after living in um, in Beijing for a long time. For almost uh, eight years. Yeah, um, that, that's that's. He caught me out with that because I was. I ne- <laughs> never asked Percy Dave, but I wouldn't have put you down for been that old, that old. We were up there for ages. <laughs> so you're gonna break my face, mate. So, yeah. So obviously, we'll come on to China in a minute. I want to ask you all about that because, but I know you're originally from the Bake Up area, weren't you? So mm, yeah, and, I think, and um, where did all your creativity come from originally? Um. Yeah. Well. Um... One of the things that I should probably mention first of all is that my dad is a a, a poetry writer and a poet, a poet, 
Um, and uh, he, he sort of started off uh, writing after he retired. He was a prim- primary school uh, teacher oh, and oh, he yeah, uh, retired. Yeah. He had to retire early. Um, he had a sort of an issue with his with his back. He had to retire early and he, he sort of was looking for things to do, I think, and uh, took up poetry <laughs> and was was very successful at it, really. He got lots of things published and that kind of thing. Uh, I think when I was growing up, I was a bit um, like m- most children you don't think what you what your parents are mm. doing is particularly cool or anything like that but it certainly planted a seed and as I got older I sort of appreciated what he did and poetry itself and I read poetry and um enjoyed it so so yeah he definitely planted the seed in in, in me to as, as a possibility and I should also say in, in fact my dad my brother is also uh, a writer he writes oh, fiction. wow <laughs> wow um, <laughs> and he's also got uh several books um of fiction is an, a novelist he has a podcast called ragbag uh presents um which kind of feeds into his novels so yeah i, I had plenty of role models growing up <laughs> so there's that one yeah like and it's obviously worth knowing obviously i've always said this for a chat people and spoken late but i was doing my research and i knew about your dad already been a poet because Mm-hmm. Nothing to hide in this. You're going to be in, obviously, Land of a Wife's forthcoming charity book next month in January. And I knew your dad was. And I said to you before, jokingly, I said, like, you, you, t- you obviously told your dad about it. Your dad sent a submission in. And Amanda asked me, is that Michael's dad? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I totally didn't know about your brother being a novelist as well. So, blimey, I think you've got that sort of thing there, haven't you, then, when it's, it's in your genes or your family like that. You're going to be carrying on some degree or another, aren't you, then? So, mm. that yeah, way, think- yeah. I think when you've, I think when you're growing up, if you if you know it's a possibility, a lot of people, I suppose, don't ever think about writing or that kind of thing. Well, and very talented people, you know, who who don't necessarily think of it as a possibility. But if you have two people around all the time who are doing it and telling you about getting published or getting things out there, it's you, you know you you learn quite quickly. Yeah, you do. I've got a nephew who's like that. He's fourteen and a half, and. He started writing rap metal lyrics heels, which are like <laughs> eye-opening to put it nicely. So yeah, I know what you mean with that straight away. So but like I said, it's um you said before you've done a bit of traveling around. So I know you were living in China, weren't you, or Beijing for one point three years. Hmm. Tell us about that experience, sir. Yeah, well, I I really loved living there. Um I lived in Beijing for the whole time really, but um I was originally I was teaching English, which I had done in other, a couple of other places before mm. that, um, and yeah, I really I really liked the place. Um, and compared to other places I'd lived before, it sort of stuck with me a lot more. And, um, and then I moved into uh, other other work, but also in Beijing. Um, and yeah, it's a great place. I mean, people are great. The culture is really interesting. I learned some of the language. Um, to 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 a certain degree, um, and food's obviously fantastic as well. It's a, course, it's a great yeah. place to live. Yeah. Did did you manage to write poetry in Chinese? <laughs> um, no, to be to be fair, and also can't. I, I tried to sort of appreciate Chinese poetry, but yeah, it's pretty hard to penetrate. Yeah, I know one or two Chinese poets, and yeah, uh, mm. it's interesting. Put <laughs> nice, that's been nice, lovely people. I'd struggle with it as well, definitely. So yeah. now you've got, you've got an alias going around to write your poetry, obviously. And this leads into two things. People may know you under the name of Not Another Poet. Mm. Now, where did that alias come from? 
Yeah, um, it started actually uh, in Beijing. Um, I, I was performing under that name uh, a lot more. I don't, I haven't been using it in Manchester, but it's still my Instagram handle. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I, I kind of, um, well, I found myself writing poetry under sort of two personas. I felt like Michael Burton and not another poet was a bit more sort of um, uh, musical, I suppose, and a bit more kind of uh, direct and a bit more performance based. So it's certainly not another poet. It's sort of a, a much more performance based poetry. Yeah, I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard a number of material like, yeah, it's yeah. very, very, it's very, very different. It's very good, but you can tell it's you in a very, very different way mm. straight away with that. So, which kind of leads on really to obviously your band you referred me to, New Age of Decay. So, mm. tell us about that then, because this is, mm. I played your album that for one, I thought it was an excellent album. It was like, it wasn't what I was expecting actually, but I really enjoyed mm. it. So, yeah, well, I was. This also started in in Beijing, and um, I was part of a, I was part of an arts collective in, uh, in China, particular English language, um, fiction art and art and poetry, called Spitoon. It's, it runs in a few cities in China, mm. and we had this uh, initiative of sort of. Um, it's run by a guy called Matt Byrne, who's, who's returned to the UK quite recently. Oh, I know but... Matt. I know Matt, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you I know Matt. You I mentioned you, not, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. Matt, I know his brother. His brother, he's been mm. in the band. The guitar, the guitar mm. the band, I was in, God. I know, yeah. God, I'm sure I'm sure we aged now. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you knew Matt, actually. Oh, God, it's a small world. <laughs> yes, certainly, yeah. I met him in Beijing, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very strong world, yeah. Um, but I know he also used to perform around Manchester as well, but he... Um, yeah, so he he had this idea of sort of getting musicians and poets together as a kind of one-off collaboration. We kind of did a did a one-off sort of gig. Oh, but yeah. me and the musician Dan Gamer, who he goes under the name the Slow Blade, um, we yeah just really hit it off really and had a, we enjoyed it so much that we started uh, performing around Beijing in different bars and different places. Oh. Oh, right. And then it sort of grew, and I sort of it started off with just poems that I'd written without, without any nothing to do with you know I didn't really know what to do with them, and then he put music to them, and it, I, I thought they improved them a lot. And then afterwards, we sort of worked on he he had music, I had poetry, and we sort of collaborated, and yeah, it worked out really well. We were really on the same page, I think. So yeah, you can hear me hear the album because it's a really really interesting album itself. Good, yeah. I'm of the opinions with poetry. I've done a couple of, you know, already I've done a couple of bands myself where I've had music back in the poetry where either I've been the poet or the musician. So mm. both really. And it does, it's, they always say something that poetry can be a bit one or two D sometimes, can't it? And with music, it can really fill the sound out a lot more. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You certainly, it doesn't obviously work with, every, with every, not every, well, perhaps no, no poem should need, should need music, but certainly yeah. some poem. Some poems certainly are helped, and yeah, create create something completely different. And yeah, I, I think that I've listened to your your stuff and definitely feel that as well. That you, yeah, you do. It's like it's no, it's a great album, and I don't. I could ask you track base about bits and pieces of the tracks, but I'd rather people just hear it really. So, what was the recording process for this like then? Was it almost done remote then? Was it, or do you actually work this out? It sat next to each other sometimes. Um, no, well, um, I sort of knew. I got a job in the UK, but it was during the pandemic and the company allowed me to have a sort of six months before I oh, took the job. 
So I had this sort of six month that I knew I was leaving uh, Beijing and I knew I was coming to the UK. And so we, we sort of, uh, I sort of called him and said this and we had, we sort of said we might record our album, but then I thought, well, now I'm leaving, we, we, we better do it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, we, we knew a record company called uh, Nugget in Beijing, which is sort of an indie sort of recording studio. And uh, he has a sort of uh, music label called Daft Pop. And uh, so we we're, were able to do it really. It was a bit of a, um, I think once you have a goal, you can do it, can't you? It's, it's, sometimes you kind of put things off and you think we'll do it in the future. But when you when you say, I'm leaving, we better do it, then you sort of get your, get your ass into gear. So to speak. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, like I've done, I've done collaboration all over the world, but I know what you mean, where this situation mm. you're in there, it's given the case of, so you can argue it now or never really, isn't it? So Yeah. Yeah, because if you leave... Yeah, if you don't, you, when you move back to England and stuff and eating bread in China, it'd be mm. a case of it maybe a struggle to actually to get more recordings done. So I think it's harder trying to do yeah. remote over into the, the, another country, certainly. No, excellent. It's a great album. Mm. Worth checking check it out, certainly. So yeah, that's we're, why we're, we're, we're looking into doing one. Um, we've got a few things we're working on that we, we might be recording um, remotely, but it is difficult, isn't it, to. Um, to work because you, you 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 sort of help each other if you, by playing together you sort of tweak a lot of things where yeah you do you do it's like it harder to do it remotely i think it was when you were at the speakeasy on just get us around the our october show and we had a young lady there called polly there and polly's a good friend of mine and she lives in huddersfield mm. and we're remotely doing a band at the moment we are so it's like mm. i have this she's sending me vocals over and i'm sending a rough bits of music and ideas back and we're bouncing it backwards and forwards but yeah it's it's still a different ballgame like if it's the sitting down and working stuff out bit by bit together sometimes. So, yeah, the collaboration yeah. process is very, very different indeed. So, mm. but anyway, I want to ask you about what we should have to give you poetry much as much to talk about today anyway, because I know you've had quite, you've had quite a bit of stuff published on some really good, really good places as well, like the Interpreter's House and the Anonymous Ulsterman, which both of which have published off of mine before as well. So both are really, really good, really, really good magazines and stuff. So, is this the direction you think your work is going to go into, or would you think in the future you may end up doing a live show or something? Um, yeah, I've definitely got an ambition to sort of write um, some sort of collection, and I think that's why I've sort of got this um, not another poet persona because it's sort of I like to separate those two things, I think, and try it and try and do both if I can, or I don't know what I would ultimately prioritize if I have to, but. I'd quite like that to exist as these two different things. And a lot of the, the stuff I'm sending out to magazines is the things that I'm intending to hopefully be part of a of a written collection. And then the other things I, I'm not I'm, I'm is more performance based as well. So Yeah, the, there is a big difference between perform between do performance based and page poetry and mm. I find that because because that's why probably I'm really on to flash fiction nowadays and performance stuff, so I can get away with more on <laughs> the flash fiction side than what I used to do with the poetry. The poetry I used to be a bit serious on all the time, so which is a bit of a, not me, if you know what I mean. So, but yeah, yeah, no, I agree completely with yeah. that. So, there's definitely things that sort of meet in the middle and can are good for performance and for the page, but they tend to be one or the other for me, I think. Yeah, or I treat also, them that way. Yeah, with you in other countries, then have you actually performed your poetry in other countries, or has it mostly been in England? Um, yeah, I, I sort of started performing regularly in, in Beijing. Actually, I, I did do a couple of things in 
in England um, when I'd been visiting back and and, that, and with my dad um, as well. Um, and but yeah, I did I did kind of start performing regularly in in Beijing. There was a a monthly uh, poetry night in a bar in Beijing wow. that I used to go to almost wow. every Tell month. us tell us about that thing because I'm because it's, it's never somewhere I'd have been to before, but. How was yeah. the circuit over there? If that's the right word, even it's a good circuit. I mean, it's a, it's obviously a lot scaled down uh, from from somewhere like Manchester, but um, as obviously it's an English language um, poetry night. So, but you do actually get quite. You've got a lot of very good poets. Um, there's a guy called Anthony Tao who he runs the poetry night still. And Abigail Weathers, so I, I, uh, me and her used to have a kind of poetry workshop that we used to run, um, oh, whoa. Whoa. and these are all done. As I said, this this um, Matt Burns um, collective the spittoon. Uh, so there's, there's a lot going on. They're very active, very very passionate people. Uh, you get you, one good thing is that people come from all sorts of different places, so you get a lot of different, you get a lot of variety in terms. You get. Americans, Australians, British, Irish, and then also people do um, performing in the second language as well. So it's um, oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah, it's it's very good. So it's on the last Thursday of every month, as, as I believe it still is. Uh, oh, fantastic! It's a bar, the bar that used to be called Camera Stylo, which has recently changed its name to the Sugar Cafe in. Beijing. So if anyone's going to Beijing, then you should check it out. Check it out, yeah. We'll give you a shout, Nick. You can tell them, tell them where to tell them where it is. As I thought, it's tremendous. Yeah. So, so like it's, I said that I, that's what I find interesting. Like it's we're trying to draw a comparison between doing the reading in another country and reading where you mm. are. Mm. It's like I've been up and down England and stuff. I've done a tour in Todd Island twice. And there, like the Irish ones are incredible, but I'll tell you about that another day. But like it's, mm. uh, it's get do it in another country. Is a completely different experience. It probably takes out your comfort zone, really, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, and you're obviously, um, yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, <clears throat> I suppose most people in in, in Beijing, because it's such a small, it's not really, we couldn't even really call it a circuit, you know, it's a small group of people who who do it. Um but it, it did get so it's and certainly got popular after the pandemic. So in China, when things started opening up again, there was definitely a big. Uh, we used to have like uh, quite big crowds, really, for for something that you think would be so niche. Uh, did attract quite a lot of people. You can argue with like in Manchester, where both are like the post circuit on there. You can argue that's a niche market, but certainly mm. post lockdown, it's has it's basically boosted up in massive volume. There's lots of new nights coming up. Like yeah, I know you yeah. you got in contact with us over at Speakeasy mm. what, what, about a year ago now or six months ago was it anyway so yeah like, yeah. that's why like that. yeah in the, in those six months I've definitely every every week I hear about another new event uh, it's so much going on in Manchester you yeah can, if I was so organised I could be I could be uh, performing probably every week somewhere. <laughs> It's not every not the stage, but not every night. But certainly, you could be out performing two, three nights a week if you wanted to. Do yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. We both know we both know people I know that are doing that at the moment, and <laughs> respecting them definitely with it, mate. So, yeah. right. Anyway, so okay, uh, we'll start wrapping up this particular. But I want a couple of quick things to finish up with. Okay, mm. so people always ask me sometimes when you hear a new point they're and that may not know for the first time. Do you have any sort of regular reoccurring themes with your work? Um. Yeah, per- perhaps. Um. 
I'm not sure it's very clear in my work, but um, I suppose um, with not another poet stuff, it tends to be quite, um, I wouldn't quite say political, but it's kind of about society or society's problems or, or kind of, it's not very personal about the, the individual person or um, whereas Michael Burton, <laughs> uh, the poetry that's under the name Michael Burton is usually uh, slightly more personal. No, I wouldn't say kind of confessional, but more about um, the, the human experiences, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I think so, definitely. Because I mean, that's how I played your album back. Your album is, I mean, your album, I wouldn't use, I've never used words political, but you're raising a lot of points at. I've not seen you do live as Michael Burton. That's best mm, way you put it right. to you. Yeah, I think your, po your poetry is Michael Burton. Certainly, is more thoughtful. I think it's the late time I've seen you read it. You left me after thinking, yeah, that's a really good point. That, mm. so. Great stuff. Now, I'll say like I said, well, you're looking at perhaps a book in the future, aren't you? As well, then. So, would you because contemplate doing a solo poetry album? Even um, it's a good idea. I'd, I'd, um, yeah, I'd like to see the possibility of that. Um, and if there's appetite for that. Um, but yeah, I should, I should say actually that um, the musician, um, Dan Gamer, who I was with in Beijing, mm. he's actually, he is actually going to be moving back to the UK in, um, in next year. So might that, makes well, life, that makes yeah, life so easier straight away. That then, might so. help as well. Um, yeah. So I, I did, yeah, I do enjoy the, that, the music with poetry. Um, could you see yourself touring this album or the any future recordings? It would be great. It would be great if possible. Um, obviously, you know, we both, yeah, would certainly. Um, I can certainly say we we both enjoy performing. Um, so if that if that was doable, definitely. No, well, fingers crossed. You're definitely on that one. mate. all the best of it straight away. So, right, uh, the thing I've got to ask you here is. And before we let you go to the do the plugs people can find you is it's not been revealed this online yet. And I'm gonna I'm gonna out you now. But this podcast is going out just before you come and host Speakeasy for us in January next like 2023. So I know you spoke to Steve about this, who's my colleague and man's colleague in Speakeasy. So have you done any hosting before? Um I've I said I did in Beijing. I used to host this poetry workshop. Oh, you really, hosted the not, workshop, right? But yeah. not really. That's a bit different, though. But so I haven't actually um, hosted a open mic before, so it'd be first time. So I'll be very, I'm very grateful for the um, to get the opportunity. And look, yeah, should be good. Well, come on, go watch us in January, buddy, because nice Michael's going to do a great job of it. I'm sure of that because <laughs> don't worry, me and Amanda will be around pulling faces at him every chance he's on stage, <laughs> trying to point him <laughs> off. No, brilliant, mate. Now, obviously. If people want to find out more about you, Michael, where do you recommend they go to wrap up with? Um, yeah, well, uh, in terms of my my work, as as as, as you said, it's been published on uh, the Interpreter's House and <clears throat> the Honest Ulcerman Pennine um, platform. There's um if you go to my Instagram, um, so not another poet mjb, you can find a link tree that has all my a lot of a lot of stuff that's been published in different places. Uh, and a few other podcasts have been on. For my music, um, that's also in that link tree that you could but you can find us on uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, and we've got two music uh 
music videos on on youtube for oh, two love you uh, oh, i didn't uh, know that i'll check that one out definitely so i'll be yeah. people wondering who i heard i heard it all on Bandcamp. so i'm a Bandcamp fan so oh yeah it's on Bandcamp as well yeah well, that's really? where it was originally but we've we've now got it onto other platforms that more people use yeah brilliant okay okay well, we'll wrap up this part one mike and we'll be back in two minutes everyone and you can hear some michael's work so See what? Spock. Hi, guys. Yes, and the end. Magnificent. I'm making blush now. Michael Burton. Now, straight over to Michael, because he's got four poems for us. Go for it, mate. Thanks, Andy. So, um, yeah, I thought I'd start off with... <coughs> mentioned earlier that I had a poem published on the Interpreter's House, so I'll, I'll read. I'll start off with, with that one. Um, so hopefully it'll do it all... Doesn't need too much explanation. So this poem's called On the Third Thursday of Every Month. On the third Thursday of every month. Me and every man to have ever fallen in love with you meet to discuss how we are coping with our rejection. For some, it has been years. Many, now happily married, talk only of flashes in their wing mirrors or windows. For others, their visions are a much more regular occurrence. Some of the group claim they only know they are truly alone once all the lights in their houses are out. One man confesses he carries your hair clip in his pocket, squeezing it tight as he walks. Another describes a recurring dream where you and him in full embrace fall from a cliff face to a city of red and amber lights. There is even a man you have never met who attends, dressed each time in the same misfitting raincoat, his fists pressed against his scalp as he speaks of you, standing in the crowd of running through town, up long narrow streets, only to lose sight of you right at the last. And then there is me and the curve of men beside me in the circle who sit and listen, Sit and listen, red-faced, dazed in a frown, as so often you said was the problem. So often you said the worst of all our problems. Right, stuff that one. What was the inspiration behind that one then? Because that's I got two, three minutes of that, Michael, straight away. It's, a, it's an ambiguous point, but I think it's brilliant. Mm. Yeah, well, I was um <clears throat> I wrote a couple of poems about I, I was trying that idea of sort of um, an AA meeting sort of thing about something that's not um, what, it, what it usually is. Um, and yeah, obviously there's, there's a bit of heartbreak there and a bit of how maybe particularly how men deal with um, deal with the loss of in a, in a relationship and, and that kind of thing. And maybe they do it not in the right way sometimes. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, everyone's struggling with everyone's hopefully, you know, well, not hopefully, uh, <laughs> everyone's, I'm sure, struggling with, uh, has struggled with this kind of situation and yeah, how everyone goes about it, really. Yeah, yeah, no, it's brilliant. That's right. I got, I love the interpretation of starting off the Thursday thing and it like it, it brought it into a routine and every part and the piece then. And like that's why I got the meeting side of it straight away. No? Excellent stuff, mate. Okay. Well, no, no more questions on that one. Let's go for number two, mate. So yeah, so we also mentioned um, <clears throat> the honest Ulsterman. So I'll, I'll read the one that was also published in in that magazine. Um, 
So this one, uh, I suppose, on the theme, if the if the last theme was somewhat on on addiction or about that kind of thing, this also kind of um, touches on that theme. So this one's called "How to Hide Your Drinking." How to hide your drinking? Find yourself a cabinet never used by anyone in your house. If this changes, tell them you too had forgotten all about it. Say in response, oh, that's where I put them. Find yourself a bench for your lunch breaks, away from any roadside, close to work, but nowhere near anywhere a colleague might walk past. Never recommend it to anyone as a place to meet. Find yourself a shop quick in its transactions. Make sure the staff aren't overly welcoming. When they refer to your order as the usual, find yourself another of the same description. Find yourself a brand of strong breath mints, ones which never rattle in the box. Keep some in a pocket of every coat you own. Learn to slip them in by finger and thumb as if wiping your nose clean. Find yourself reasons and lots of them not to be wherever you've said you'll be. Find yourself an ailment and do your research on the behaviour of those who truly suffer from it. When a friend nicknames you the ghost, laugh, always laugh. That last line's a proper kick on it there. It was excellent, mate. Yeah. Shiver that one again. So yeah, I can see some degree of similarities in that one and the previous piece, but it's in a very, very different direction. Yeah, I can see like it's you're touching quite a lot of emotions in that one. And yeah, powerful stuff, mate. Wait, did that come from the same sort of heart, did it, as the first piece and really? The topic's completely different, I can see. Yeah, perhaps. Um yeah, I think at the time uh it was sort of during the pandemic and I think a lot of people were sort of drinking too much and um and maybe uh, I was I think you thinking about the things that you should sort of look out for if with drinking, like if you start hiding your drinking from people, it's obviously not a good sign. And it, a lot of people, uh, it's a start of a, a very bad uh, relationship with alcohol. So it's sort of, yeah, hopefully kind of gets that idea that, you know, you should be aware of your of your habits. Yeah, it's definitely felt like that. It's been nice to confront your demon sort of piece. I saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it makes me glad to always I don't drink nowadays. So <laughs> no. I've had enough sense to avoid that because I'm on too much medication. But yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you mean with that. It's definitely was that sort of, yeah, I said it was like there's different confrontation. Like, that was excellent, mate. Mm-hmm. Okay, no more. On to piece number three, mate. Number three, yeah. So, um, okay, yeah. So I've got another one I. I got published earlier this year, um, was in a magazine called Plenine Platform. <clears throat> and um, I read this also on a, a show uh, on Chapel FM in, in Leeds. Um, so maybe this one, I could give a bit of an explanation to it. Um, so I did uh, mention earlier that I, I moved back to to the UK from, from, from Beijing. And at first I was living in... in in Bacup, my hometown, for a while before I moved to Manchester. Um, so this is definitely in in that backdrop. Um, one of the things I, I so it was a was a difficult transition. Um, I was very lucky to be able to see my family again and that kind of thing. But 
uh, a lot of things to uh, to adjust to. But one of the things I did like was the reading the local paper, uh, which is a Rosendale Free Press, as it is in uh, in Bernico. Um So this one um, is called. It's a long title. Guessing the news in the local paper on the walk home from the supermarket. Oddly today, I begin with the workplace accident of the week, the occupation of the worker to have fallen and from what height. If a bone had been broken or if stitches were needed, how many people there were to witness the event, how the boss described the pristine condition of the ladder used. Next, I move on to crime, one violent, one petty and needless, a drunken ten-man brawl in the forecourt of a petrol station and a smashing of a stained glass window at a Baptist church. I guess the words used by the constables on the scenes, mindless, reckless, thoughtless, brainless thugs. I chance my arm at the light-hearted item of the middle sections, where a sheep is sure to feature in some capacity. This week's perhaps wandered into the butcher's shop, or perhaps a barber's, if that's not been done before. What's certain is that it will have rammed its way in. Normally now I predict the results of the cricket and football matches, but this morning I know I will not reach these pages. Already I can see myself sprawled asleep an hour from now, the paper half-lit in the noontime sun across my chest the faded siren of next week's news, never loud enough to wake me. Fantastic, mate. I love the title. That title's tremendous. <laughs> that one, completely. What a title. Obviously, I'm guessing, obviously, what I've heard in all of your work, long titles that are not the norm, are they, as much so? <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it works. It works out well, doesn't it? As if you're trying to think of something snappy, and then you just think, "Oh, wow! What if I just say exactly what it is?" Yeah, I've done, I've done poems before now, where the title's been longer than the actual poem, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tremendous that one, mate. So excellent stuff. Yeah, I can see, I can see that one was a bit more straight about home and bake up itself there. So, mm. no, excellent stuff, man. So, okay, let's get on to the fourth then. And I always say the big finale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you mentioned the um, the future publication um, in uh, the um, in the anthology <clears throat> on the cost of living crisis. Um, so perhaps I can um, share one of those poems uh, now with you. So I'm lucky enough uh, that Amanda accepted two of my poems, um, which I'm looking forward to seeing in the anthology. Um, one of them is called Crisis, What Crisis? Um, and yeah, as I've just mentioned, you can tell it's about the cost of living crisis. And this is probably more of a, if we're talking about not another poet, this is perhaps a bit more of a not another <laughs> poet poem. Uh, crisis, What Crisis? There's peace on earth like never before, enough jobs for us all on warehouse floors, enough houses, or at least caravans, there's stocks in the shops, or that's the plan. We've still got our schools and our not-so-crowded prisons. The crime may be up, but the violent type hasn't risen. Much. 
We've still got our phones and our oh-so-loved devices, and we've never known such low avocado prices. So crisis, what crisis? Crisis, what crisis? There's police in our streets and most we can trust. There's so many shows online on Disney+. Plus. There's never been a time more people had degrees. Soon we'll have more of them than we have trees. We've mobile phones and for singles dating apps. We're never lost, now we've got Google Maps. By all comparisons, this is bliss. Life's never been close to as good as this. Crisis, you ask, what crisis? Crisis, what crisis? There's solar panels and windmills all around. No coal plants or gas works to be found. No teenage smokers anymore. No immediate threat of civil war. So what's with all this dull and dreary news? Don't you know there's always other truths you can choose? You might as well take this hit, because it's never you or your lot who'll decide this. Crisis or not, we say, what crisis? Crisis, what crisis? Fantastic way to finish off that, Michael Stroto. Yeah, uh, it's ironic when this anthology of Monday's been putting together, which everyone's wondering is called no, Nobody Left Behind, and the book's going to be out in January as well next year with a live launch to follow, which I'm going to talk to you about, talk to you about in a minute. <laughs> I've not told you about that. But yeah, no, it's, I hadn't heard that one, but I didn't know she'd accepted that one. So, but mm. you've, I've even heard you read that one either at Speakeasy or Dave Scott's night. Um, on Manchester Radio, GMI Radio, one of those two. It was both, I think, actually. Oh, both. That's both. See, shift the brains there, right? So, yeah, no. No, but I look, the, other, the repetition on that is absolutely is, is measured and it's it says a lot. It's so measured. So, one excellent piece, mate. Deserves to get published that one, mate, straight away. So, so anyway, so that's it for a spoken label. Now, we're going to do things in a very roundabout way today because Michael's actually going to be on another podcast. <laughs> which I'm recording straight after this, so it's not quite buy from Michael here, but that other podcast comes up for this one, so it's just the way I run. So, but anyway, Michael, mm -hmm. so mate, cheers for coming yeah. on Spoken Label today, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, and yeah, been a great and, pleasure. As Don Callis over at Impact Wrestling says, guys and girls, stay safe and stay over, and we will see you all next time. Spoken Label.